what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. The television has long been one of the cornerstones of our home technology lives, but if you haven't shopped for a television recently, you might be a little overwhelmed by the features you can choose from. 4K, 8K, LCD, LED, HDR. Well, the brothers are here to help. In this episode, we discuss the features that you should be considering when searching for that new television. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson. Over here is Brian Jackson. Brian, how are you doing? <laughs> Alan, I'm doing pretty good. Am I looking the yeah. right way? Yeah, you are. Oh, sweet. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good, Alan. Yeah, doing good. I think we're we're getting the hang of this. You know, I mean, it's taken us, what, four or five episodes just to figure out which direction we are on the screen. But um, yeah, the video's been a, still been a little, a little, we're tiptoeing into it, but I think we're getting better. Um, we're getting better. We finally have, yeah. we're finally getting the video to match our silky smooth, super uber professional voices. This is which was incredibly hard to do. Yeah, yeah. that's so, that's a that's a, that's a high high bar to meet. That's a high bar. Absolutely. Well, so. this is Brothers in Tech, where Brian, my brother, and I get together and we talk technology. But we're talking about personal, home, family technology, uh, things that you could come into contact with every day things in your own personal life that utilize technology, we try to be a, uh, a resource for ideas, discussions, and how-tos on using home and family technology. Um, we like to say we're kind of the, we're used to being the go-to people in our own family for IT and tech-related right. issues. We know there's others out there too. We want to be a resource to them as well as to the people that they've been helping uh, all this time as well in their own families. So, um, Brian, we're going to be talking about a topic today that is, uh, you know, some people could see as almost the centerpiece of your home and family technology life, or at least from an entertainment perspective. Yeah. And it is uh, television sets. We're going to talk about TVs. Um, (laughs) And and you know what? We've been doing this how many years? Two years? Two, a little over two years. And this is the first time we're talking about TVs. Talking about true television sets. I mean, we've the talked about a lot of television. things on TV, you know, a lot of content right. and how to get information you want on your TV and services and such. But this is the first time we're talking about the actual hardware, the actual television set, you know. And Brian, you're kind of coming at this from a little bit of a, a more immediate um, situation where you actually went out and did purchase a new TV fairly recently, like in the last few I months, did. right? Yes. Yep. It's been... Yeah, I think probably a month and a half, maybe. Okay. Um, so the experience is still very fresh on your brain, and you've got very some, fresh some awesome ideas on it. Yeah. Okay. Very good. fresh, and I do need to. I do need to preface it. We we've already used TV, but actually, I think that that made me a little bit wiser to the entire process because I was looking at used only. Um, but that forced me to to go back and really do research on TVs, and it had been, gosh, I don't know six, seven years since I had had a new TV. So, uh, mm-hmm. so that, that took a lot of research. So, uh, so yeah, I'm happy to share 
a little bit of the trials and tribulations I went through with that process. Yeah. So. so we're going to do that in just a moment. Talk about television sets, kind of some buying some considerations, what features and options you need to be aware of, what some terminology you need to know when looking at yep. TV sets and the options available today. But, but Brian, before we get into that, I do have something to bring up. This is kind of off off script. I'll go ahead and tell you, uh, you and I have a very detailed script we follow for these shows. But I'm going to go off script. <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm looking, going, what, what is he doing? That's not on our, yeah. that's not our list. Okay. So, um, All right. you know, every month we get together and we do a, an episode, a bits episode, a brothers and tech suggestions episode. This is not that bits episode. We'll have that coming up probably in a couple of weeks, but um, based on some recommendations of a company that you're a big fan of, um, mm-hmm. I had bought a product a year ago that um that was by this company and uh, i i want to do a little follow-up because we had a little we had a little situation arise today <laughs> and uh, with this product okay. and i just want to kind of recap kind of a quick follow-up i didn't want to wait for the bits episode in a couple of weeks because i know we're going to have a lot of fun stuff to talk about there and i didn't want to bring us down but i feel like this is important to share and just make mention of okay since we, we are talking home and family tech this is an issue I feel that like affected. this might be a therapy session this might be a this therapy is an session. issue that affected my whole household okay <laughs> okay so, all right let's have at it so we bought last year and i think i even mentioned this maybe in a, in a brothers and tech suggestions episode myself but i know the the company you've talked about wise w-i-z-e mm-hmm. Yep. Many products you are fans of, a fan of. You think you've got several of their products. I only have one product. It is the Wise Scale, and I am holding it right now oh. for those of you on video to see. Okay. Okay. Yep. It is a digital Wi-Fi enabled or Bluetooth enabled scale, not Wi-Fi enabled. So you can set this down. It runs off of uh, AAA batteries. Uh, as you stand on it, it did, gives you a digital readout of your of your of your weight and. Uh, uh, body mass index and several other factors. And then if you have your wise app open, it will also kind of transmit that information to the app and then feed it into like your Apple health or other health, health tracking app. So it's been great. Yep. I pride myself on the fact that I, I do weigh myself very, very frequently. Um, I, I do work out. I do. I am very, very conscious of what I'm eating. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I have been yeah. extremely pleased with my results over the past year. Hmm. Very, very pleased. I mean, to the point where I'm just seeing really it's getting my weight is getting where I want it to be. I have goals set up and I'm like, I'm meeting those goals, making it work. Other members of my family, my wife and my two children have also taken to, Hey, I'm going to also use the scale too. So everybody's using it. Everybody loves it. It's great. It is so yep. convenient. It's, it was also fairly affordable at the time, too. So we feel like it has been a very worthwhile investment. But we had somebody come over to our house and they tried the scale and they promptly returned from coming off the scale and being like, yeah, your scale's wrong. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> How and, like, uh, wrong, in, wrong in the wrong direction, I'm guessing. In the wrong direction. They said it's it's. It's showing me almost 15 pounds lighter than I am. Oh, oh. And we said, oh, that's crazy. You you must be using a bad scale at home because this is this is this is a wise digital scale. This, <laughs> digital is, scale. this is it. And um then we we pulled out an old manual scale like we had down in our basement and said, Well, well, let's just try this. Tried it. 
And um, with yet another friend of ours that was over to had them try. And yeah, the results are pretty unanimous. Our Y scale is about 13 to 14 pounds off. Oh my gosh. And it has been off wow. for a while. <laughs> so. Or has it been all, off or has it just been progressively worse because you guys okay. have seen such great results? Nope. It could be getting progressively worse, but either way, that nice yeah, little downward slide of where I've seen my weight go over the past uh, six months, it is not real. It is fabricated. Mm -hmm. It is. The mm -hmm. Y scale is trying to play, become an emotional support coach scale. And I don't want it to be, I want it to be an actual scale. <laughs> My wife, my children have all been using the scale. We've all been so happy with where our fitness progress has been, but it's not right. And uh, I was on the, I was on a text chat with Y support for uh, quite a while today. Tried everything from recalibrating the scale, which we did several times um, yeah. to no avail. Uh, at one point they even had me changing out batteries and saying, uh, you need to be using alkaline batteries instead of generic brand batteries. And maybe that's hmm. the issue. And I got some nice Duracell alkaline batteries. Nope. That's not the problem either. Actually, I think that made it worse. It actually felt like it got <laughs> even lower. <laughs> I put those batteries in. So. Oh no. Okay. We have had quite the adventure with the scale today. Hmm. Uh, Got to admit emotions are pretty, pretty low right now in the Jackson household because of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, word of caution. That's, that's not good. Hey, that's look, good. Wise, great company. I, I I do think you have a lot of great products. My brother is a, a staunch advocate. This is my one wise product. And granted, it has been a year, but I don't know for how long of this year this problem has been there. Has it been there from the beginning? Did it just start the time I started seeing my weight get a little bit lower over time? I don't know. Hmm. But now I question everything. Everything in my life is questioned. I don't know what to believe. <laughs> I don't know what's right. Uh, so what, well, so um, here I am on a tech show pouring my heart out about what's going on with my digital scale. And it's really wrecked me. A are you on a, so are saying, you on a tech show right now? Are you really on a tech show? Or are you questioning yes. that as well? No, oh, I don't know. Are we talking <laughs> about real? I don't know. Okay. Well, all right. So here's here's uh, one. I'm we are going to talk about for being for being a support obviously. person. Yeah, yeah, for being a support person for Wise. I am very very sorry to hear that. Um, yeah. And I would like to uh, speak for Wise by saying I apologize for that. Um, Thank you. However, the real mm -hmm. issue with all of this is that you let someone else use your scale. You guys would be perfectly happy right now if the scale was continuing to lie to you. You guys were going about your day. I know. It wasn't right. making life worth, worse, yeah. right? Everything yeah. was feeling good. You said, we feel really good about ourselves. It's like, we did. Great. Yeah. Great. You're right. Then, no, you're right. You know, Actually, we, we all decided that the worst thing we could have done is let somebody else let in someone else. to try it. Don't we could have just lived in our in. fantasy world and kept believing yep. all the progress we were making. Don't let someone else in and don't go try any other scales, right? Stick to the stick to the Just scale. live in our bubble. We just live in our live own in your bubble. scale bubble. Live in your bubble. Yep. Live in your bubble. I know. You know. I do take some responsibility for that. That was a more of a. Yeah. It was a. It was a. It was a braggadocious move for me, being like, "Oh, hey, you want to? You know, we got a scale over there. Check it out." <laughs> and um, shouldn't have done that. Oh man. Well, I'm sorry. That's uh, the 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 lack of calibration seems very frustrating, right? And that if well, so, you calibrated it, it zeros out after you yeah, calibrate. Yeah. No, it's it zeros then, out. 
the whole thing is you're supposed to calibrate by you can just like quickly step on it and immediately step back off and the mm-hmm. digital scale just goes right to zero. If it goes to zero, you're calibrated. Ours has been calibrated. Ours mm-hmm. made no change. Anyway. Have you tested, have you tested, uh, I mean, again, sorry, this is just on a side, on the tech side, but if you were calibrating, do you have a, a standard weight? A, yeah, but a dumbbell, it, but a barbell or but, something. But it won't register be, those. We have a dumbbell. It's like a 10 pound. It needs dumbbell. to be a certain, like a hundred pounds or something or 80 pounds. Well, maybe that, or I don't know if it's just something with the pressure where you're, where the pressure has to be on the plate to stand on or something. Mm-hmm. But we've tried setting, but dumbbells on there to do that. Exactly. Yeah. It won't register anything for those. So, well, but also try stepping on, stepping off, stepping on, holding the dumbbell. And seeing if it is exactly whatever twenty pounds higher, yeah. or whether it's a graduated kind of That's expansion. True. Like it could be yeah. whoever's the heaviest in the house, right? Maybe they have but the you worst, know what? worst difference. I don't know. You know, you may have the worst difference, and other people may have. The anyway, difference. now granted, I say all this, and I am frustrated about the situation. I mean, I will give them the Y scale was was when I bought it. It was on discount and sale. It was twelve bucks. <laughs> So you so, you have you have been basing your happiness in life on something you spent twelve dollars on. So I base my happy I, life, happiness on a recommendation of a company you made, Mister Brian. So that's, I don't remember recommending the scale. I do remember recommending the, the uh, company. You recommended the company. So I, I think we're all I, affordable I, products and very. They are. Uh, they are <laughs> very, very nicely priced, which I agree they are. They're totally. I, nice I should have price. asked, yeah. but do they work? <laughs> I don't remember you ever asking. That's correct. That's correct. That was that would have been a follow up episode. That would have been a deep dive episode. So, well, I'm sorry to hear that. And um, but I, but you know, let me just say, as your as your exercise science brother, right? Mm-hmm. Weight isn't everything, Alan. Okay, weight right. isn't everything. But I'm pretty you sure know what? And you, and you, and you else, no, but you know what? Muscle weighs more than fat. So, so you're saying that basically it was removing the muscle equation out of there and trying to show me, but really all that extra weight is just my muscles. Well, it's it could be that you know what if if you just approach it as I weigh a little more now, but I'm weighing that because I'm healthier and I've replaced some some of, some of my you know area of fat with muscle, and therefore yeah. I'm going to weigh more. That's why people wait once more we when realized, they start working out. Yeah. Well, just know that once we realized all that this had happened and the impact it was having on us, we all, went out just, we all just went out and got milkshakes and just said, you know, screw <laughs> it, whatever. <laughs> Self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Let's just go ahead and just be the thing that, that we're going to be. So, All right. Well, I hate well, that. I hate that. But let's, you know, I mean, yeah. I hope uh, right. here, here, here's one thing I will say for for all, all that I've talked about wise in the past, I have never really been happy with wise's tech support. That, that is where well, they totally lack. Was, and I'm obviously not not. It was fine them. today. They did give me some kind of random suggestions and I did try them, but they're to a point now of saying, yeah, OK, something's wrong. Here's uh, here's some spend another twelve dollars. Send us some information. We'll see what we can do about uh, a warranty. It's been over a year. It's like been fourteen months, and their warranty is a year. So I don't think I'll be able to do anything about it. But again, it it was fourteen dollars. So you know, yeah. I mean, I'm saying I'm not saying flippantly. I'm just burning money. But I guess for a year of living under a false sense of health and fitness, um, 
I guess, you know, I can splurge another 14 or 15 bucks and get a new one. So, okay. Well, here's, here's my last thing I'll say. Yeah. Tell yourself, since you now know that it was off, tell yourself it's been off fully for that year or year and a half, and you still saw right. improvement. Okay. So relatively, you There's, saw improvement. That's the okay. encouragement I needed right there. Okay. There you go. So, Right. Even though it makes me even more depressed to think what the so you just were a lot heavier to start than you really thought were. Yeah, you were okay. a lot. Heavier I can actually buy that. Yeah. I can buy that. Yes, go. I do feel like there's been a decrease. It's just not been at the numbers we were wanting them to be or expecting them to be. Okay. Well, let's right. let's talk about let's, something, Alan, that can get you not exercising at all and watching yeah. TV and being even lazy. Let's talk about things that. that I probably just need to be doing is just sitting on my butt watching TV. So let's, let's talk about those instead. Okay. Sounds good. Um, television Sounds good. sets. Let's get over to that. Uh, so television sets, Brian, there are a lot of considerations to make when looking at buying a new TV. Now, every generation of TV sets, there's always features and specs you got to pay attention to, and they change over time. Right now is no, no different. If you have not bought a, a new TV in several years, there are some new considerations and things yep. to keep in mind. Brian, that was the case with you. You said you hadn't bought one in seven years. Yeah. You, you were, you were being introduced to a whole slew of possibly new options and things to be considering with that. So, right. Right. Yeah. Let's yeah, talk through so, the first thing that you feel like is probably the most important thing. If you're going to go out and buy a new TV, what's the first thing that we're going to be looking at right now? Well, away? I'll, I'll tell you exactly what my first reason for looking at a TV was size. Trying to okay. figure out, like I, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, Alan, but you know, asked me ten years ago, and I would have said there is no way I would have anything above a fifty-inch screen. That is crazy, right? I mean, that is just too yeah. big. You have no reason to do that, um, and that's what we had in our house. Um, but we moved to this new house um, a year ago, and the, you know, our movie room or our TV room. Uh, has a bigger area, a bigger wall. And I felt like what we had almost felt too small for the area. We were further away from the TV than we, uh, than we used to be uh, at our old place. Mm -hmm. So, so we, we went in strictly looking at, okay, we got to figure out what the size we want to have in there that will, you know, handle the next seven or eight years of growth that we might have. So uh, for us, it was going from a 50 to a 65 inch and saying, all right, that's what we wanted to do. That was the target. So I think size is the size is the first, uh, the first uh, issue that most people I think will sure. um, could deal with. If you're saying you're going to buy a new one, there's probably a reason why you're buying a new one. Either the old one is too small for your area or um, maybe it's just gone bad. But most of the time I think it's people saying it's, it's time to move to a, a bigger yeah. screen, a screen that's going to fit in your area. So so well, what are the considerations that I should I should have been keeping in mind, Alan? I, I looked at it and said, "What's the size of my wall?" I've got two, yeah. you know, I've got two uh, pictures on the wall, and I've had the TV in the middle, center between it. I think I could fit this yeah. amount. Sometimes, you know, sometimes people are just forced with a certain space that they have a certain you know geographic width that they can go into. Yep. And that kind of dictates your space. But if you have a blank, fresh wall, canvas wall, where you can go any size you want, there are some general rules of thumb. Now, first and foremost, before I put out any dimensions and calculator to use to figure it out, first and foremost, what feels comfortable watching from your viewing distance? And, you know, I've seen some situations where people have a TV set that is way too big 
for where they're going to have their couch or places they sit in front of it. And when you're watching your TV, you can actually feel your head having to move to like see other parts of it. Okay. That's a bad sign. If you're having to do a lot of head motions to move, the TV's too big for where you are sitting in your space you're in. But then of course, you know, the other flip side, if it's too small, if it's just uncomfortable to view from a distance or you're having to strain to see things or, or details aren't made out. That's first and foremost, it has to be comfortable, but there is a general rule of thumb that they say for screen size and that you should be sitting a distance from the TV that it's about three times more than the height of the screen of the, of the TV you get. So let's just say in theory, if the height of the screen was uh, 35 inches tall, okay, like top to bottom, not the diagonal that you see on the screen right now, but the height, the actual measured height, top to bottom of the screen, let's say if it was 35 in general, they're saying then you should be sitting, you know, three times that away. So that'd be what a hundred, 105, right? Um, yep. That you so should be about, sitting, 105 inches. So that's about nine, nine, nine feet, nine feet, yeah, you should be nine around feet nine away. feet away. Mm-hmm. So what you could do is work backwards and say, okay, well, if I'm going to be sitting eight feet away from the TV where I have the couch position, you can do the math on that and say, okay, well then what's height screen does that, does that give me the capability for? Now, again, that is a rule of thumb. You know, if you've got a bigger space and you'd like the little bit more immersive, bigger TV, you can go a little bigger. Um, and also if you've got a more con- confined space, you know, there's nothing saying you can't go a little smaller, but just know if you go much smaller than that ratio, it could be getting tough to see. If you go too much bigger than that ratio, it could be a lot of head motion to move around to see things on the screen. That's the rule of thumb. Now, that's for HD. We are going to talk about HD resolution a little bit versus 4K, which is considered ultra HD. That's for HD viewing. Now, if you are on a 4K ultra HD TV screen, which most new ones being made now are kind of in that ballpark, you can actually cut that ratio in half. So you could actually be one and a half times distance compared to the height of the screen. Okay. So you can actually sit a lot closer, even to a bigger screen with an ultra HD screen. The reason for that is we're going to get to in a minute is the resolution on the screen is um, when you have a 4k TV screen, there's more pixels on the screen, making up the image, which means even if you sit closer, you won't be in danger of seeing those pixels where you could be in danger of seeing them if you're sitting too close on an HD screen. Right. And this does not suggest that a 4k TV means you won't have to turn your head if you get really close, right? That size of the screen is still an issue, right? Yes. But you're saying the actual visual image and not being close enough to actually see the pixels of the image. Right. That's how far away you need to be. You basically, you have more room to move. Now, granted, you know, I still think it's probably good to keep that original three times the height rule in mind, but just know that if you are in a smaller space and you really want a bigger screen, it is a little theoretically better. You are able to get closer to the screen, even on a bigger screen with an ultra HD 4k screen because of that pixel density, because it just is, it's a bet. It's a better viewing experience closer up than just a standard HD screen is. Yeah. Okay. Um, Again, it's, it still ultimately comes down to what's comfortable viewing wise. I mean, I definitely encourage people to, to test out however they can. Sometimes when you go and buy a, a new screen, like using a, 
uh, Best Buy or some other websites that have, you know, sell TV sets. Some of them have those same, we talked about in a previous episode for shopping for furniture, the little AR display where you can actually see Mm -hmm. what the screen size would look like on your wall before you even go out and get one. And that way it give you a good idea of like, oh, wow, that's actually going to seem a lot bigger on the on the wall than I expected. Or yeah. it may not be big enough and I want to go a little bigger. So that's a couple tools I would recommend checking out with that. Um, but that's yeah. some rule of thumb yeah. also on, on screen size. Yeah. Yeah. And Alan, let me just, since I, I quickly looked it up, um, just since you threw out some examples of the height of the screen. Mm-hmm. So the height of a 70-inch TV. Mm-hmm. It's going to be around almost 35 inches yep. high. So mm-hmm. if you take 35, as you said earlier, 35 times three divided by 12, there you go, 8.75. So you're really, you know, a nine, nine feet away, you're talking about a 70 inch TV that you could potentially handle, you know, yeah. with your uh, uh, the perception of that, right? So that's, yeah. that's a lot bigger than I would have thought initially, you know, as someone who was like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, 10 feet away. A 50 inch TV is, is fine. And and it is fine if you believe that's fine. what you like, but yeah. the fact that your eyes can handle more and, um, you know, as long as you're comfortable with yeah. potentially turning your head a little bit on some of these things, but yeah. Brian, if your goal is to get the biggest screen you can for the space you've got, then you use that formula and max out just where, you know, where you're going to be and use that formula to kind of determine the height of the screen. Um, I, I just, I wouldn't go much bigger then that ratio right. is right. the key, but it right. is nice to know how far you can go. Um, I had to use that ratio when I was putting in my projector. I know we're not talking mm-hmm. about projectors, but same thing. I actually measured out, okay, if the ice cream is going to be this big, I want to make sure my seating is at least this far away. Yep. So I'm yep. not overwhelming you know, us with the screen size and all. So it's a lot of consideration yeah, and, to put it on screen. Yeah. Size. And just anybody who remembers going to a theater, if you haven't been to one in a long time, it's been years since I've been to a theater. Um, but the times where you go and have to sit way up front and mm-hmm. you realize how even visually disturbing it is to kind of watch and having to see different yep, parts of the sure. screen by turning your head, right? Everybody wants to be back in the center of the, the theater. Um it's the same idea, right? I mean, yep. yes, you could have your wall could have handled a big screen, but doing that and being close does not necessarily mean it's a better visual experience. And that's um, true because then you're dealing with brightness, you're dealing with head turns and all of that stuff. So, so that's one thing is is size, and I do think that that has changed dramatically when the size of TVs have continued to grow. People's TV rooms have continued to grow. You know, it used to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know every TV that I bought in the past had been an accessory to a room yeah. rather than the main part of a room. And we were looking to fill in a space where we had a, you know, a spot for it. Now it's, we have a, you know, an area we want to watch movies. We want to watch TV. Yeah. So things have changed a little bit. So, um, well, right, yeah, so size, size, right? that's a consideration. Now we, we, mentioned, okay. we mentioned resolution a little bit. That's the thing that people are going to hear a lot more buzzwords around when they go to shop for a TV is, Think about the different levels we've gone through with TV sets when it comes to resolution. Resolution meaning, in theory, how many pixels are on the screen at one time, making the image you see. So DVD quality was like, you know, years ago, that's what we had when we were playing things on DVD on kind of standard definition, what we consider. That was like 720, 720 pixels across, 480 pixels tall. That was standard definition. Then we moved to HD, 
high definition. And we actually got it in two flavors. We got what's considered 720 and then went up to 1080p. 720 was 1,280 pixels wide by 720 pixels tall. So more pixels on screen one time than standard definition. HD 1080 went up to 1920 pixels wide by 1080 pixels tall. So even more information jammed into a screen. What does all this mean? It means that the pixel, you've got more pixels, the density of them are so much better that they create a cleaner image. They create a sharper image. Details are more, more noticeable life-like. because you've got more yeah. pixels to make up for it and all that. Now, though, we're up to UHD, which is Ultra HD, which is also known as 4K. Okay, it's just all the same terms. Some places really focus in on the UHD label. Some really focus on 4K, but it's the same thing. And here, I'm going to uh, show what we're talking about here. Uh, the 4K is basically four times the resolution of what we were getting with the highest level HD um, beforehand. So here's a little quick chart. You can see Ultra HD, 3,840 pixels wide by 2160 pixels tall. So four HD screens could, in theory, fit inside a Ultra HD image. So now this is all still in your same TV set. It's just more pixels jammed in that image to create a sharper, more higher resolution image. Okay. So that's where we are right now. That's kind of the standard. If you were to go into a store and look at a new TV set, most all, I can't imagine that they're, you know, they would have any that are just HD unless they're like really small budget TVs. And then you may have a couple that might be higher than 4K, but we're going to mention that in a minute. But 4K is really the standard right now. It's kind of the one that more content is starting to happen for 4K uh, TV screens than ever before. We are to the cusp now where it used to be maybe a few couple years ago. It was a little questioning whether you go with an HD um, screen because there wasn't a whole lot of, I'm sorry, 4K, because there wasn't a lot of 4K content out there. So you'd be buying a TV set that would really hardly ever see 4K content. Nowadays, though, we're getting kind of close to that point. I mean, the latest Apple TV yep. box is all can accommodate 4K content. Netflix will do 4K on select titles. HBO Max, if you have that service, does a lot of their titles in 4K. So there are more and more 4K options for people. So that I typically am recommending, you know, yes, you should get a 4K screen. Even if you don't feel like you watch a lot of 4K stuff right now, that stuff will, will just be. keep getting more and more common over the next couple of years. Um, yep. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and if you even if you have non 4K content right now, so you're you're subscribing to you know regular Netflix and not the 4K version mm-hmm. or regular YouTube TV but not the 4K version and you have a 4K TV, just you know think about it this way. You've got you've got you know four times the pixels on a 4K TV of that same size as you would have had for a 1080p. And if you've got those pixels and you're not using them, it just means that four of those pixels together are going to make up one pixel worth of content. So you're yeah. just not distinguishing, you know, the the pixels. I don't think it's necessarily going to look worse. Now, and one of the things you and I are talking about before yeah. the show, I don't think there's like there used to be an issue where if if, if you went to a 1080p TV and tried to play standard, standard definition definition. stuff it would stretch it out it would make it look really look bad. weird right it's just not it wasn't the dimensions that were appropriate 
Yeah. The dimensions are still the same. Like the proportions are still mm -hmm. the same. It's just the, the amount of detail within those proportions. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I, I, I tell everybody, look, 4k is the way to go on TV sets right now. Even if only a fraction of what you're actually going to see is 4k content yep. to know its capability is there is good. And then also, like you were saying, even playing HD content on a 4k, a lot of these TV sets will do some things where they can do some up sampling where they're going to take that HD image and just try to maximize the use of pixels as much as possible. It's not perfect. And it's definitely still not going to look like pure 4k content, but it does look better. So I think it's worthwhile yeah. to do. And again, almost every major TV streaming service has options for 4k now. So, and I kind of think you'd be a little hard pressed to find a TV that's not 4k compatible nowadays, new ones anyway, too. So, right. That's still the direction I think people should go. It's 4K um, just because of the wealth of content available now. Yeah. And, and this is where I'll say maybe just a, a slight difference about my situation. Given that I went into it, one, I was going to look for used. I really like, I like finding used deals where, you know, I can get a better deal on something and feel as though I can, I can still make it work. Um, but I was looking at not just... 4K. I was looking at the size and trying, trying to find out what was the best 65 inch TV that I could find. You know, that was used that I felt like would provide me with the best quality. I ended up going with a 4K version, but there were some non 4Ks from several years ago that were really, really good TVs and good screens sure. and good quality yeah. things that I was looking at at the same time. But if you are looking at new, I, I agree with you. There's no reason. I mean, prices are not that far off that there's really no reason that you should not be looking at a 4K. You're, I'll you're say just, this. You're future-proofing yeah. yourself, I think. The, and also, the bigger the screen size, the more important, I think, having the 4K screen comes in. Right. I right. will say, if you are looking at a screen size that's maybe less than 50 inches or, mm -hmm. or, or 40 in, 48 inches or less, you may not I mean, yep. you're not going to notice a difference, I don't think, unless you're yep. really up close to the screen close. So if yep. you're looking at a smaller screen need, maybe you're just wanting to have a small TV like in, you know, a kitchen or somewhere else or not anywhere you need a big, huge screen. And you can find a good deal on an HD screen that's not 4K. That's probably going to be fine because you're not going to be able to tell a difference. But any main viewing screen you've got in a living room or den or whatever that you're actually going to be watching a lot of content on that's bigger than 45 or 50 inches diagonal, you're going to want to get that 4K, I think. Yeah. Just like yep. this image on the screen shows. I mean, just to help you understand, yeah, full HD, you can see some pixelization if you look close enough at the image that's up there. Ultra HD gets a little better. And then we didn't even talk about 8K. There is an 8K standard rolling out, which is now being called full Ultra HD. So mm. FUD. H F U H D. Okay. Um, it is 4,320 pixels. Gosh, what is that? Uh, yeah. Tall. Okay. Hmm. Where 4k was 2,160 pixels tall. It is yep. double that, which is you know, 4k to 8k. Uh, there may be a couple 8k TV sets out there for sale. A, they're going to be super expensive. B, there's nothing 8k content available. Now, we're at the point where we were when 4K was first being introduced a few years ago, where there was nothing for, for 4K. It was kind of more of those cutting edge things. Now, that's where we are with 8K. I do not recommend anybody go out and get an 8K TV set unless you have a very specific purpose why 
something content wise you're going to be watching on your TV is going to be coming to you in 8K. Right. It's going to be years before all these other streaming providers start tapping into 8K content. So it's not it's not worth making the jump now. I don't feel like at all for anybody. 4K yeah. is going to be still a good high standard for for some time. Yeah, Alan, and, and someone may be thinking, well, just a minute ago, you talked about future proofing. And if I only buy a TV every 10 years, should I not go buy the best TV I can possibly can at one time? And I would say you also need to look at the the timeline of technology and the price for that technology. We are at the front end of 8K, which means it's stupidly expensive, as you said. Yep. Just like if you would have bought a full 4K screen four years ago, it was crazy expensive to get it, mm -hmm. right? Now you can yep. get it for exactly what you were able to get a you know a regular right. 1080p four years ago. So now's yeah. the sweet spot for 4K. You're right. You're, you can still future-proof well, yourself for at least five more years. And... Um, and even after that, it's not like you're going to be disappointed with what you have. It's just that there yeah. may be the new thing that may be happening. But at that point, 8K will start to come down. So Well, and there's also a, a point to consider, Brian, with all these resolutions as well. When we went from standard definition, old traditional cable, TV, uh, um, uh, DVD, all that, to HD, it was a noticeable change. I don't think many people could look at it and say, they didn't see a difference. There was a very yeah. noticeable quality difference. We went from 720 HD to 1080. You can tell a little bit of difference, not a lot. There's a lot of people who, you know, yourself included, were watching HD content and not really knowing it wasn't 4K. Right. And yes, on a big screen, you can notice a little difference with 4K. You can notice it being better. But what I'm saying is the, the steps where we notice it are getting a little more gradual. Imagine going from 4K to 8K. It's just, I just don't know if it's going to be quite the gigantic double uh, picture quality yeah. that I think people are going to be sold on. So that's another yeah. reason I think we're fine to wait for a while for anything 8K. Once yeah. some of the major providers start producing content in 8K con uh, format, then you can start saying, all right, maybe, maybe that become the next phase for us. But I think anybody buying a TV now that's 4K, you're going to be set for, for a good while. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now absolutely. that's, that's again, that's to suggest that you're talking about a, a constant size. You know, if we continue to grow our TVs as we have over the last True. Not the years, TV gets bigger. Right? If we're going up yeah, to, if we start going TVs. to the 90, you know, hundred because yeah. it's wall TVs, you know, full wall TVs and we have uh, full theaters, that sort of thing. Sure. So I would say if you're someone who's putting in a theater, if you're putting in a theater that is a projector and the projector potentially has an option for an AK, that's mm -hmm. where I think that because the projector potentially could go further away from the screen, make oh, sure. it bigger. Yeah. And Just we're talking, you could pay upscale, right? But that's expensive. Yeah. It's yeah. super expensive. I mean, yeah. 4K projectors right now are still fairly new for the projector yeah. market. So just, uh, yeah. To be aware with that. Um, but yeah. yeah, 4K is kind of still where it's all out right now, resolution-wise. But that is the different styles of resolution. We Just remember, UHD is Ultra HD. That is the same as 4K, if you see that marketed or branded anywhere. UHD and 4K, same thing. That's where yeah. we want to be right now, I think. Um, now, Brian, there's also another big factor that I think you got to look at, too, is what's the type of TV set? Like, what type of... Um, what type of technology is it using mm -hmm. to put it uh, uh, details up on the screen? And you really have, 
nowadays, I mean, there are various versions. You've had LCD, you've got LED, you yep. know, OLED, which is OLED, and then QLED. That's kind of our, uh, you know, that's the difference you've got. Really, when it boils right down to it, is basically we're saying you've got LCD screens or you've got different versions of LED screens. Um, LCD screens are going to be generally more commonly accessible, available. They're going to be at a better price point. More than likely, it's what most consumers end up getting is an LCD screen. Um, but it is known that the LEDs, especially the QLEDs, the QLEDs are known for much better, even better picture quality. And it's all because of the way that the behind the panel, the way the lights and the are configured, that's the different technology between LCD and, and LEDs, right? Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Well, it affects yeah. brightness. It affects a little right. bit of uh, vibrancy of color. It just it affects different tones of your image that you, you probably, I mean, if you put the two side by side, LCD and Q, uh, LED, you will notice a difference. Right. Now, will you notice a difference if you don't see an LED screen and you're just looking at LCDs and you've got a really beautiful image, you're, you're fine. But if you're really yeah. striving for probably the best kind of picture quality you can get, those QLEDs right now are kind of the ones that, that people are going to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think uh, it, is, it is. Yeah. I mean, if you think back a few years, we, if we would have t- had this conversation 10 years ago, the conversation would have been about what LCD and plasma, right? We're looking at plasma, right? It's like plasma is going to be much sharper and it's going to be the slick screen. But then, of course, plasma went away really quickly because people realized burn-in, right? The fact that yeah. we're going to have something in there that's going to burn in the screen. Therefore, uh, you've got a, a, a ghost image that's there all the time. If you happen to have, you know, if you play sports center all, or sports all the time and you have the s- score screen at the bottom for a long period of time as you're watching sports, it stays there even if you go to another channel. Yeah. But now, you know, most of that burn-in has gone away. That's not really no an issue at all. Um, so, you know, nowadays I would say, yes, look for LED if you can, right? If you can get to that level, great. LCD is fine. LCDs are great. I mean, where they have they have made real good advancements with that yeah. in terms of the backlighting and all that sort of stuff. So, um, but I think you're right that what's really more important rather than those two looking at, Oh, am I spinning for led or LCD is going to be the way in which it handles the picture, which we can talk a little bit more about in a minute, you know, about how it handles, you know, blacks and, you know, the, the lighting and contrast and all of that sort of stuff. And I think that's going to be much more important um, as you look forward. So, yeah. So So that's different types. And really I think it's your, you're going to get what you pay for. You put more yeah. money into your TV set, you can afford a, a, a LED screen, you're going to get a better quality image. But that's not to say that LCD screens are poor quality image. Just yeah. you've got good image and then you've got superior image. That's kind of your your the angles you're looking at there between LCD and LEDs. Uh, again, yeah. LCDs, when you walk into a Best Buy or somewhere else, I'd say, what, 90% of the screens you see floating around you uh, out there are LCDs. Okay, so, but something that's an LED, you'll probably be able to notice the difference and see something that's a lot more vibrant and bright uh, screen-wise. Yeah. Right. Now, Brian, um, before we get into some other, we got a lot of other considerations we want to mention about things. One thing I think that kind of ties in a little bit about picture quality, 
and I do want to bring it up because it is something that we hear, you hear a lot of buzz around is this idea of HDR. Okay. Which, you know, high dynamic range is what that stands for HDR. So there is a standard dynamic range and that is the, the, the way that colors, how realistic those color look and how much contracts those colors have on the screen. We've been living with standard dynamic range for TV sets for a really long time. It's just been the last few years. You've been hearing HDR as being kind of added on. So it kind of came about right after 4K started to get popular. It was kind of another layer added on top of these new screens to say, we now have a technology to add much, much more broad use of colors. And the colors are going to be a little more realistic. There's a better contrast where they're going to pop out more. The colors are just going to be more vibrant, I think. And um, so, yeah, HDR is something I do recommend. I mean, I've actually even got a sample here just to show an example of what HDR and standard and uh, standard uh, dynamic range. There you see on that image, just to kind of give you an idea, left-hand side is the HDR. It's the high dynamic range. Right-hand side is the standard dynamic range. So you got to get a little bit of sense. Yes, if you had never seen the image on your left, if you only seen the image on your right, you probably were going to be fine with it. But once you see the comparison with the one on the left, you're like, oh, yeah, well, that that definitely seems like more the direction I want to go for what I'm viewing. So I do recommend HDR. It's, again, it's almost as standard now as 4K TVs are. Like if you go buy a new TV, almost every 4K TV is going to have HDR as a a standard option on it. But something to pay attention to because there may still be some out there not. And I I wholeheartedly encourage HDR as a, as a format for that. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing that I had to learn a little bit about is there are different versions of HDR, right? The yep. different standards of that. Um, I noticed most of them would say they have some form of HDR, but then when you go and look at the ratings and go see the reviews of the TV, they'll very clearly state, oh yes, it does HDR, but it doesn't do it well or it doesn't do it to this level, or it only has HDR, whatever. So there are some yeah. different standards. So I, I would I would not, I would make sure you don't just assume HDR is HDR, right? HDR means it's better than non-HDR, but it also means that the TV may, may have a certain, you know, certain level of that HDR quality, yeah. you know, and that the term HDR has been around a while, especially in the photography world, right? If mm-hmm. I were to take an HDR image, high dynamic range image, it means I'm going to take multiple exposures of the exact same image, layer them on top of each other. So I have this huge range of contrast and of colors and all of that. Um, so, you know, you see the really, really cool photography that's done with high dynamic, high dynamic range. And it's nice that you're starting to see the more vibrant. Um, so my, my TV that I did buy has HDR, I think it's HDR 10. Is that the one of the standards it is right yeah yeah so and you can tell when it's on or off i think there's a setting to kind of turn that high dynamic range on or off and you can just see that the the reds will pop you know they will become very vibrant reds sometimes a little too much i mean i think when you look at it Mm -hmm. you can see you go whoa wait a minute almost looks pink but almost looks kind of too red it's it's distracting yeah but i think some of that is just getting used to it there's there's some content that tries to show off the use of HDR. And that's the other thing is you have to obviously be watching a movie or something that has the the HDR uh, image that it's actually mm-hmm. giving you yeah. for, to really get the most out of it. So, but yes, I, I, I think it's beautiful when you, when you get it. 
So. Yeah. And you mentioned two different flavors of HDR and you're right. What's been the problem with HDR? Well, I guess the complication is that each TV manufacturer has kind of adopted some flavor of HDR or some enhanced yeah. version. You've got HDR 10 plus, which is a standard that I think a couple of vendors have adopted. You've got Dolby vision, which is a version of right. HDR. That is also something standard that's being accepted. So I would recommend if you're looking at TV to see if it actually adopts one of those higher version quality of HDR, which is HDR 10 or, or Dolby vision. Some will actually support both of them. So you wouldn't even have to really choose. You can just know that it's going to come, whatever the content is delivered to the TV, whatever format of HDR it's going to use, that's what the TV is going to pick up on. Um, Dolby vision. I think they're saying, I think it generally taste test are, you know, that's going to be your better version but HDR 10 plus is also really good. Yeah. And then you got kind of plain vanilla HDR and that's going to be, again, it's going to be suspect to the, to the manufacturer, how well they implement it and use it on the TV set. Probably a good idea to get some reviews about the TV you're looking yeah. at and see how good the HDR is on it. But that's what it's just important to know what that is. It's all about the color vibrancy and the realism of the color and contrast that you're getting on your image. Okay. Yep. yep. All right. Al, Al, let me talk about a couple of Brian. Yeah, yeah so there's there's a couple others that were really important to me. Um, well, I should say they were important, but some more important to me. Um, but I think they would be important to the listeners. So think about uh, a really easy uh, easy feature to be uh, to be considering is what room am I going to be putting this TV in, and where is the light in the room? Really, really important feature. Okay, so if you have I mean, the standard is that we put a TV on a wall that doesn't have a window because there's more space without the window for the TV to go, right? Mm -hmm. The problem is if the window is behind you and you're watching the TV, you're going to get the reflection of that window in the TV. And that's a really big bummer for for many people. I, I did not have that issue, luckily. You know, I, I'm in a basement and there's nothing behind me. Um, so yeah. we didn't we didn't care about it. But I noticed that a lot of TVs, when you look at the ratings, they would clearly state the reflection capability or how much of a reflection. And they have kind of a standard way of doing that, playing a certain brightness, but then also putting something behind it and seeing to what level they can actually see that reflection. Because that can be super distracting, right? You're watching it during sure. the day. You've got a window behind you. It's the same thing that with plasmas back when plasmas were around. That was the big thing is like, if you've got a window, don't use a plasma because it's slick and you'll get a reflection. Use the LCD because at those times they were more frosted, uh, you know, frosted yeah. fronts. So check that. If that's a consideration, um, make sure you look at that. The other is about how, how wide is your viewing area mm -hmm. that you're actually going to be looking. So my wife and I were the only two people here in our house. Uh, and we have a sofa directly in front of it. So viewing angle wasn't really an issue. We do have a chair over to the side. So if we were to ever invite someone over to watch TV, I wanted to double check that those people would still see a decent image. Um, so check the viewing angle because most of the ratings will tell you, you know, at this angle at 45 degrees, the picture drops off, you know, the brightness drops off this level, the, you know, the, the image quality drops off this amount. So take a look at your, your room setup and figure out how wide are people going to need to be. And think about it not only about sitting, but you know, is this a place where you're going to watch sports, where people might gather and there might be multiple people moving around the room as they're watching this game and 
you know, are people that where they're going to be standing, can they still see? Because um, that was another big piece about plasmas a long time ago and all of this. You had to think about how how much of an angle can I have? Um, there are curved screens that try to get past that. But, you know, if you're in front of it, that make no sense, really. They're only good for, you know, some other people that are going to be moving around. But so I think take a look at the viewing angle, consider the reflections and consider your room for those situations. Okay. Good point. Um, yeah. Those two, again, neither one really mattered to me, right? They were important for me to look to say, well, I want to get a TV, given that I only get a TV every maybe seven or eight years, I want to get one that I potentially might move to another room and I want to make sure that's not a consideration. So I'll get sure. the best one I can. But the one Good that point. was a real consideration for me was black levels. That was okay. a huge, huge thing for me. And for those who don't know what I'm talking about, um, you may think, you know, my picture is great and there's great contrast and I can see vibrant colors and everything's going well. But if you're anything like me, the TVs I had before, which were great TVs for good, vibrant, you know, colors, it was when you had dark on the screen, when you had a a, a horror movie that was, a, you know, in a dark time, you know, all of a sudden the grays started to really streak. And even when it showed that it was supposed to be pitched black on one part of the screen, you could still see the outline of the screen, which yeah. told you that it was more of a gray, right? And so that was the big thing that I was looking for is I want good black levels. I want it, you know, to to be kind of a, a high rating on black levels. And I notice it now, the new TV we have, it, it's, you know, for lack of a better term, it's night and day from what I had before. Mm -hmm. And I notice it because when the image goes on the screen and let's say that the, uh, it's 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 a TV show that that goes dark and you can see you know a person's face on one side but on the left side of the screen is supposed to be just black like there's nothing there. I no longer can see the edge of my TV like I, I can look and go I don't know where the TV is which means it's That's turning great. off that you know the the, yeah. the light behind that so that you're not getting so that means you're getting a really good contrast between the brightness and the blacks on the screen. And if you look at some of the ratings, uh, and, I'll, and I'll bring up in a minute one of the, the rating websites that I use uh, nonstop when I was shopping um, for this, but they'll even do some tests to say, okay, if we, if we put an image in the center of a screen, like, you know, just a, a, a simple bright circle with the rest of it being black, what's the bleed over of that mm -hmm. image in the middle? And how, you know, what's the defined space of the, you know, the TV, can you actually see a difference between the screen and the bezel or not, you know, if it's all supposed to be black. So that's something I think is really important. That's something that changes because I get so frustrated. I used to get so frustrated watching movies, went to a dark part, and then all of a sudden it looked like my screen was grayed and I'd see yeah. pixels and I'd see all this sort of stuff happening. And it was really frustrating. That was the only time I yeah. got frustrated with the TVs. So so take a look at the black levels, take a look at the contrast ratios um, to try to make sure that you're getting something that can actually create black. And that, and that was totally foreign to me that, that something would create black, right? But it's really, can sure. it turn off or mm -hmm. is it going to have a glow behind it all the time? So yeah, yeah. cool. And you certainly well, know more about this than I do because you you make films and you make yeah. uh, e commercials and all that. But that no, was you're right. That new is, to me. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I will say was kind of a consideration for me when we're looking at screens. It's a, maybe a little more specific to just certain groups and people than others, but uh, the refresh rate on a TV screen. Now, refresh mm -hmm. rate yep. 
typically measured in, in hertz. So 60 hertz is kind of a standard right now for a lot of TVs. The idea is that's how often a second, 60 times that the image is being refreshed on the screen. Now, for most applications, that's going to be fine. I mean, and basically, the, the more refresh you have, the more refreshing a, a higher rate, you're typically having smoother motion on the screen. Now, if you're watching something that's just a regular TV show or movie, you're not really going to notice a lot of difference. But where you could notice a difference in a higher refresh rate is on sports and uh, definitely if you're playing video games on your TV, like mm -hmm. a high-end, yep. newer yep. generation uh, uh, video game system, you want the smoothest motion you can get on the screen. And the way you get that is to go up to like 120 hertz on a refresh rate. So some TVs will let you do that. Some TVs will dynamically change it. Some TVs will feature both or one or the other. 60 is kind of a standard. And again, 60 is probably good for most people. But if you've ever noticed you're watching sports on your TV, if you feel like there's any stuttering of motion where it's just the running is not super smooth or, or something, and then again, if you're a gamer and you see any stuttering on the screen, you just feel like the motion is just not perfectly fluid, and it's affecting your gameplay, the refresh rate is where you can see some benefit from that. So just know 60 and 120 are kind of your standard options, and some TVs will allow you to do the 120, which uh, I think gamers in your household or uh, big sports fans will probably appreciate that more. So Yeah, yeah. I, I would say um, there are certain things that when you watch them in 120, it looks a little bit weird. Like it, it, it makes it almost look, too realistic sometimes. Too real. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he almost feels like, okay, this this is like soap opera-ish as opposed to the way it was maybe filmed. Yeah. But, I, so uh, it's important I that if you have something that is up, make sure it's something that also can be turned to regular yeah. 60. Or I things. generally leave mine on 60 for yep. you know, movies and TV, other things, just I'm watching content. But if I really do want to watch, you know, if, I, if the Super Bowl's on or a great tennis match or whatever, and I want to flip it over and see it in 120, I can do that. Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, it's a much more, you're right, it's more realistic looking. Yep. That can be bad when watching a movie or bad when watching a show, but it could be good when watching sports and definitely video games. Right. Real hardcore gamers want to make sure that things are, are as smooth and as fluid as possible on their gaming. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else, Brian? A couple other considerations yeah. here. So, well, one was one was uh, another one that I think was important about the TV, and maybe important for more for other people. But for me, it really wasn't that big of a consideration. Was the number of HDMI ports? Oh, yeah, you know, the sure. number of connection capabilities. So, do think to yourself, okay, how many things am I going to connect to this TV? Am I somebody that has a, you know, a, a, a DVD, DVR player or a DVD player has a cable box, has a, mm -hmm. an Apple TV, has a Roku, has all these things that are going to connect in. Make sure you have multiple HDMI, HDMI ports because you want it to natively or naturally go between these inputs rather than you having to create some sort of splitter and all that stuff to be able to put multiple things in. So yeah. uh, most of them, I mean, I, I couldn't find even older TVs, Alan, since I was looking at used, I couldn't find anything that would not have at least three HDMI ports. Yeah. Um, and for me, like I said, it, it really didn't matter because I only have one thing plugged into my TV, mm -hmm. which is uh, an Apple TV. And that's where all my content is. So for me, the multiple HDMI ports didn't matter so much. 
But I also, given that I buy used, I also like to sell used. So I wanted to buy something that certainly had, I could see how it would not be appealing if I was going to sell this three years down the road, if it didn't have multiple HDMI ports. So have the HDMI ports. I don't think there's a real need anymore for doing the, make sure it has a VGA and make sure it has the, you know, the, even the, the standard video. I think some of that stuff, you know, nowadays, almost everything that you're going to want to do is going to be HDMI. Yeah. Right now, yes. we can throw a little complication in the matter and remind everybody that there are different flavors of HDMI. Mm. Unfortunately, but there are. Um, there are different standards of HDMI. HDMI 1.0 is kind of your more standard, what we've been using for years. 2.0 is a new standard on HDMI that will support 4K, that supports uh, you know high ultra HD resolution. Now they're coming out with the 2.1 that will add even more capability to a signal and hmm. will provide you capability to go up to 8K if you do that as well, I believe. Um, typically, what you'll find with a TV these days is they may have multiple HDMI ports, but maybe only certain ones are the higher standard HDMI ports. So you may have four HDMI ports, but one of them or two of them are HDMI 2 or 2.1. Um, so just to be mindful, if you're really wanting to make sure you're pushing out the highest 4K image, you do want to make sure your HDMI ports support that. And in most cases, if it's a 4K TV, it's going to have a yeah. 4K HDMI port on it. So it shouldn't be a problem. Um, but just to be aware of that, and if you ever did want to make sure that your TV um, could support any new capabilities that come along, you want to make sure you've got the newest HDMI ports on there as well. Now, higher HDMI ports also require higher quality cables, HDMI cables. you got to get some that yeah. are rated for 4K content. You know, using an old, cheaper HDMI port or cable may not give you the 4K uh, content. You've got to really make sure. There's, a, They can be a little finicky. I've had some issues where some yep. cables will or will not uh, support 4K content. Um, so you do need to pay attention. Unfortunately, it's made it a little more complicated. It's not just a simple plug-and-play for HDMI for all size, one-size-fits-all. There are different flavors. But again, yep. if you're buying a 4K TV, the HDMI ports on it will, at least one, will support 4K content. And that's what you need to make sure you plug into your streaming box or whatever you're using for, for getting stuff yep. into it. Um, yep. But the number of ports is equally important. You're right about that. A yep. um, couple quick things. I'll say, one more quick thing I'll say is sound. Um, I think we just need to go ahead and just prep everybody to make sure they understand Using the speaker off of your off of a brand new flat screen TV, the speakers are getting worse as time goes on. If you're just going to use the built-in speakers on your TV, mainly because the TV screens are getting thinner and the bezels are getting smaller, which means there's less room for good speakers built in your yep. TV. Now, I know plenty of people who use the speakers in their TV built in and are fine with it. But especially if you've got a bigger room, a bigger space, and you need that sound to be a little better. Just know that you're going to be really limited by the sound coming out of the speakers on those flat screen TVs. Um, yep. I wholeheartedly encourage people to consider you know, for any size screen, if instead of using the actual built-in sound from that TV set is to look at getting a sound bar of some sort. Mm-hmm. And again, you can find these, they sell them, you know, all over, any place where TVs are sold pretty much. It is a sh- long strip bar that, 
typically connects by HDMI, like a single HDMI cable. Like you have an HDMI out of your TV sometimes that will be your audio out that can go into the HDMI of a sound bar. And it basically takes the place of your sound on your TV, but gives you a much richer, much better sound. Definitely for one for filling up a larger room a lot better. And it has better, just some of these sound bars can provide you with, you know, Dolby type sound and surround sound kind of uh, quality. So I definitely recommend at least that. Now, if you've got a nice high-end sound system you want to plug your sound into from your TV, great. The more the better. But this is the best like kind of replacement for just having the sound off the TV itself. Um, I say that again. I know some people who have, you know, smaller spaces that they're watching the TVs in and they use the onboard screen uh, monitor uh, sound and it's fine for them. But um, yeah, Yep. No, I, I think that's, I I think that's like rare the, these days. Yeah, it I is. think that's rare these days. I typically like to splurge the extra hundred bucks or so, you know, on, on TV situations and get a nice, decent sound bar that will just give a lot more sound quality yep. to your viewing experience. Yeah. The other thing I would I would just briefly mention is that if you are going from a current TV that was maybe eight to ten years old, um, like I was. There were a lot more inputs on the back, as I mentioned earlier, lots of different types of inputs. And I had to rethink a little bit of the way I had my sound organized because I was going in through different reports. I was going in through a stereo cable. I was going in through a, you know, an optical cable. I was going into you know, even a uh, 3.5 you know, mm-hmm. uh, headphone, all of this stuff. I had all these kind of ways of cables that I had you know, uh, gotten spent money on to be able to connect to that TV. And then the newer TVs are pretty much HDMI. Some will have the optical optical out, which I think is great. It's still great if you can Mm -hmm. do an optical uh, sound out, but, but HDMI can pretty much give you everything. So that's going to be the most, you know, the most uh, readily available on the newer TVs. So so just keep, keep that in mind when you're looking at things like price and all of that, you know, this may not just be the TV that you're going to want to get. It may be the sound bar. It may be the cables. It may be that, you know, all of this may have to get rethought a little bit. Um, can I just mention maybe the age old question that you and I have had uh, discussions about before when we're talking about sure. cost is, you know, what about, I mean, the TV that I'm buying has all these smart features built into it. It has yes. Netflix built into it. It has, you know, um, Hulu built into it, all of this uh, has a web browser built into it. So I don't need anything else. Right, Alan? Um, yes and no. I mean, yes, these capabilities are built into a lot of TVs. On the screen is an example of a Roku TV, which is a TV set that, you know, Hisense, uh, TCL, some different manufacturers make, and it's got like a Roku built into it. Yep. Um, we've railed against this for a long time, Brian. I remember a couple of years ago, you and I had an episode talking about streaming TV boxes, and we were wholeheartedly recommending that you know you get a separate box, yes, a Roku, an Apple TV, an Amazon Fire um, Stick or box, and use that as your as your streaming solution. Just plug that one cable into your TV, and that's all you do. These TVs, I think you're going to be hard pressed to find a brand new TV that doesn't have something baked into it on this smart TV side of things. Um, I will say, Brian, everything I've read and seen myself, they're getting better, the built-in ones, even though the problem you and I had with them before is, A, they were typically slower the way they operated. The the interface was clunkier to use. And plus, you just always worry that, you know, if a new 
Apple TV box came out, you know, you don't gain any new capabilities because you have to wait on the one internal to your TV to be updated if it's going to be updated at all. Yep. So I will say they're getting better. I do say if, if you get a TV that has kind of a branded name, smart TV integration, like Roku, some are actually having Apple TV built into uh, the TV sets, you know, at least the Apple TV plus channels and all built in. If you get someone that would have the brand name kind of interface built into your TV, you're probably going to be okay. But I'm still more in favor for sure of having a separate box that I know I can swap out whenever I want to upgrade it. Um, I'm not tethered to what's inside the TV box itself. And, uh, and I also feel like the interface and the smoothness of using it has always been so much better. So, right. Right. I take it this way you are as well. Right. I 100% agree that I still myself will, even if it has something baked in, I will be plugging in an external device. I just, I like to, I like the external device to have a little bit more control over that. And if something were to go wrong, I don't want to have to replace the TV. I want to just replace that box. And, and I feel like that box can upgrade, that box can change. Um, you know, here's here's the way I look at it. When I'm when I'm looking now for better content because I finally have a TV that can actually see 4K, you know, information. Well, that means I also need something to deliver that 4K information, which is means it's going to be a lot more data that's going to be streaming because everything I do is streaming. I don't bring anything in through cable anymore. It's just all through uh, streaming and Wi-Fi. I just I just know that the built-in the built-in uh, smart TV capabilities are just, they don't have the same processors to be able to handle that bit of data coming in. Now they can, they could probably handle it just fine. Initially. I just worry about a couple of years down the road when the content becomes even better or the, uh, the content becomes different. And all of a sudden this, they are, you know, Samsung already got you to buy the TV they don't really have a whole lot of interest in updating your software on your TV. They already had you, you already bought it and you've got the TV. Whereas yeah. Apple or Google who, you know, or Roku, when you buy their box, they know that that box is their product. Yeah. So if, if their product starts to do poorly, they're hoping you buy another one, but at the same time, they continually update those things to make sure you can at least get what it is that you bought that thing to get, which is sure. Netflix and Hulu and all that. So to me, I'm just a big believer in spend a little extra, extra money. I am too. Have, have an external device. Um, now, of course that means now you've got a different remote. You've got all these different things that a lot of complications yeah. than that, but um, there are. And granted, I, I want to be sensitive too, to, to budgets. I mean, Hey, look, if you're yeah. already putting a lot into a TV, you don't want to put another hundred bucks into a, a, a streaming box and the, the TV you're getting has a good name brand streaming smart yep. TV function inside of it. Again, we've got a TV at our office. That's a Roku uh, TCL screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've used the Roku on it, and it's it's better than I expected or better than it used to be for sure. So yeah. I'm not saying it's horrible experience. Just I, I, I think there is a lot of value in having a separate box. But, but hey, 100 bucks is 100 bucks if you, you really want right. to. If you'd rather put more money into the quality of your TV and not have to worry about buying extra stuff, then that may be a good enough route for you. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. I would say main thing is just make sure it's one that's going to be able to stay updated. 
I'd, you know, make sure it's, if it's a Roku branded mm-hmm. smart TV built in that you should feel pretty good about Roku is pretty solid and stable. Right. Um, you just may want to read some reviews too, to make sure that manufacturer has a good ha- history of keeping its smart TV components built in up to date. So you're not yep. stuck far behind on versions and, or buggy software at all. So yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Brian, when it comes to price in general, just, I mean, I, I know the prices can range considerably. Just you're talking about pricing on TV. I mean, I, I get asked a lot, just what's a, kind of the, the going, what's the best, what's the best deal for price per you know size. And really yeah. right now, kind of, as we record this, I mean, I'd say a 55 to 65, probably even leaning more towards the 65 inch screen is kind of the sweet spot right now for, for mm-hmm. price performance comparison. I mean, you can spend eight, $900 and get a really good 65 yes. inch 4k screen right now. Yep. Um, yep. Which is I don't, crazy I don't to see any that, need. I don't yeah. see any need for anyone to spend more than a thousand if they are looking no. for no. sixty-five or less and a really good screen. Now, if yeah. you want the best and the best quality and the you know OLED and all these different you know versions of that, sure, you're going to pay a little extra. But if you just want a really, really good, you know, solid 4K UHD um, screen, yeah, under a thousand. I was looking at things and there was a big, there's a big distinction now. And I, I, I recognize when I was looking at the, um, uh, and one of the things I would continue to suggest for people, and again, I'll bring this up in just a minute, but the, do your reviews and look at the, look at the cost basis as an example of the quality. And, and normally I don't like to do that. I like to look for deals and say, oh, well, they, they're charging this. Doesn't necessarily mean it's better than the one that's charging this. It's, well, I think it, it does when you start to see a big jump. If you see something that's 500 and then another one that is 800, do take a look at the, the specs and figure out why, yeah. because they, there's enough in the market right now that, it, you know, they're going to be pretty close. Something that's $500 and something that's $600 from another brand are going to be pretty comparable. And mm-hmm. something in the seven to 800 is going to be comparable. Something in the thousands is going to be comparable. So, um, do look at that. I mean, especially if you, if you decide to go used like I did and you're looking on eBay or looking on Craigslist or you're looking on Facebook marketplace, you know, ask the people what the, the, not, not just the brand and the size. That's one of the more annoying parts is someone on a Facebook's like, Hey, here's a 65 inch Samsung. Okay. That's great. But there's a lot of 65 inch Samsungs <laughs> and there's a lot of them that are at different years. There's different, uh, levels within the years. So ask for the model number. I always say, ask them if they don't have it already, take a picture of the label on the back that mm-hmm. gives you all the specs, the model number, the everything about it, because that's what you go and type in. And you may find, oh, that was the budget model from five years ago, not the good model from five years ago. And then you can start to compare your your prices. But, yeah. you know, just compare it. I bought, I bought a, a used a TCL 65-inch. Uh, beautiful tv it got roku built in even though i I don't use that but um uh it's got hdr um and dolby vision and it's got uh, i mean 4k um and it was only six months old someone had sold it because they were they were moving and they they couldn't take it with them but you know i bought it for 420 dollars. i think that's a good deal and which is a fantastic deal right but even that i think i finally looked at what it was brand new you can get that same one for maybe seven eight hundred dollars 
is still really a good affordable price good for something that good quality. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, you shouldn't feel like you need to spend more than $800, right? I'd say $800 is a really good budget to yeah. get a good high end and less than that is fine yes. as well. You, you'll still Unless you are building for a, a real high end dedicated, you know, uh, sure. theater room, you're really wanting to put the best quality and then, you know, by all means, I mean, you can definitely get higher quality going in the uh, yep. L- the uh, LED status of, of screens, go a lot okay. higher on price. You will get what you pay for in most of these situations. Um, but I think you're right regardless. Look at the specs. Look at the manufacturer. Um, there's a lot of options out there. But if you just want a good home TV that's meant for just good, comfortable, casual viewing for you and your family, yes, 65 inch TV for eight or nine hundred dollars is kind of the it's kind of the magic spot right now. It used to yeah. be 55 inch was kind of the magic size to get it a really good break. It's moved up to 65. It'll be at 70 before too long, where 70 inches is then the tipping point where if you go over 70, 70 inches, it starts to get really expensive for the screen. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of where we are right now for sure. Yeah. Right. Um, all right, Brian. Well, I think we've given a lot of good information about TV sets. Um, yeah. There are a lot Can of I say one more thing, Alan? Sure. Can I just say one more thing real quick? Because I mentioned it a few times and I just wanted to make sure I did yeah. share it. But I'm going to show you really, really quick. Um, I would strongly recommend anyone that is looking at TVs do go to – this is a great website. It's rtings.com, so artings. Uh, just like yeah. um, and what it does, what it what allows you to do is to plug in two different uh, TVs and compare them, and they don't have to be the current models. So you can actually go back and see a 2019 model versus the 2021 model, and mm-hmm. be able to compare kind of apples to apples because they go through the the same uh, um, the same system to compare them, where they'll say. If they're new enough, they'll even tell you, well, here's here's our choice of the two, right? If you if these two are the ones you're looking at, here's what we suggest. Um, but what I love about it is you can actually go down and, and look at the, the very specific uh, features like local dimming, right? Which is kind of the, the, the part we were talking about before is that will it dim on a very, you know, small scale? If you've got light in one spot, will it bleed over to the others or not? Mm-hmm. It'll give you a rating of those. Um, it'll give you ratings as to whether it's good for sports, whether it's good for movies, HDR. And it, it does some great things. Um, reflection will be something it'll talk about. It'll talk about the bezel size. So I, I strongly recommend doing this. Now, there's a paid version where you can go and actually uh, do more than two at a time, but I had no need to do that. I was just going in and plugging one mm-hmm. in back and forth. Um Here's here's one little piece of advice, though, as you're looking at it. Notice here on there where it says tested using methodology version 1.6 and over here 1.6 as well. But this was a 2021 versus also a really nice OLED. Um, if you happen to choose one, I'm just going to scroll down and look for one that's maybe older. Like, uh, let's see if they actually give the years on some of these, like a 2017. So what you may see, and this is where you want to be careful, 
This one was tested using methodology 1.2. So they do have different standards every year as to how they're testing and how they're rating, right? They're rating maybe the black levels differently this year than they were five years ago because the technology's gotten better. So do make sure that when you compare, you realize, oh, okay, this may be you know rated as an 8.8 and the other one's rated as a 9.0. But if it's a 9.0 on an older standard, it may not necessarily be apples to apples, but but I just love that the fact that I could pull up every one of these as I was looking at used TVs, yeah. I would ask for the model number, pull up the model number. And quite honestly, the TCL that I bought um, was not one that I wanted to buy initially when I saw it come out because I didn't think I wanted a TCL. I had a small TCL before. It felt mm-hmm. very plasticky. I felt cheap. I didn't like it, but it was a small, simple one for a bedroom. And I'm sure glad I used this ratings um, or artings.com uh, because I pulled the one up that was for sale and it said, this is so much better than some of the other ones I was looking for that they, it was the high end version of the TCL, not the cheap yeah. intro version. So Good. Do, do check your models and make sure that um, make sure that you're kind of comparing, you know, apples to apples as you look through your, um, uh, your different models. So very cool. That's All right. RCING.S.com. Ratings yep. without the A in the beginning. Yeah. So good. Yep. Thanks for that. All right. Well, yep. that is us talking TVs. So both uh, some considerations, things to know, different specs and terms you may hear, and even some uh, helpful hints on shopping and purchasing or comparing those TVs as well. And yep. uh, as always, Brian, we love to hear from people their own experiences in this topic on buying TVs, maybe some features or things we didn't cover. That's good to kind of follow up on that people have found helpful or, or tips for buying TVs. So Brian, if anybody has any suggestions or thoughts for us, how can they go about getting a hold of us? Uh, let's see. They can send us an email uh, at info at the mesh.tv and that will, uh, be your way of kind of telling us if there's some some features about TVs that you think we missed or we should consider or we should pass along to other people. Um, or if you have thoughts of future uh, topics that you'd like us to, to dive into. We've actually, several of our topics have come from, you know, listeners that have sent in and said, you guys should look at this. And it kind of forced us to, to dive into it. So info at the mesh.tv. You can also see us on the website, um, which is www.brothers-n-tech.com. So brothersintech.com. And uh, that's where you'll start to see some more reviews from us, some um, you know helpful tips, uh, as well as just access to uh, uh, earlier episodes. So uh, come yeah. check it out. I will be going on there to update things on the website after I'm done with some more time at the gym. I got to get some more gym time in. <laughs> It looks like so. Um, That's what I hear. That's what I hear. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you know, yeah, wise wise has uh, has said they tried to you know pump up people's egos and uh, hoping that they never notice. So um, I, I'm sorry you found out. So yeah, but well, you know, it, you had bliss for what a year, you know, a year and a half where you were just mm-hmm. feeling good about yourself. I mean, it's like therapy, yeah. right? This this really made you feel good. So well, the honestly, the problem's only been the last six months. I mean, I. I you know, I noticed a big drop, you know, first of the year, but that's also when I was really kind of like changing up my eating habits and my, my workout regimen. So I don't know. I don't know when the problem exists, if it's always exists or if it just got worse over time or what. But anyway, 
very discouraging. I will keep everybody posted yeah. on the saga as it unfolds, as I find out what I do to fix or replace this situation. So, but thanks for the conversation about TVs. Good information, hopefully for everybody. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, if you have any thoughts or questions, like Brian said, there's ways to reach out to us. But otherwise, we will be back uh, in next week with another episode, yeah. another topic. And until then, we will uh, take care. We'll see you soon. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.